0: And welcome back to week three of Get In The Game. Last week, we saw how difficult it was for Tad, our aspiring basketball star, to play against Scott and Justin by himself. Thanks to Coach Gino, we now have a teammate for Tad. Let's see how they work together. Oh man, come on, what is going on? I mean, are you blind? My grandma can make a better shot than that. You need some glasses. Hold up, hold up, file on the place. I'll put you two together to help each other, not hurt each other. Now apologize and go win a basketball game. Yeah, Tad finally made a basket. So, hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, For those of you who are new or if I don't know, my name's Todd. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm joined by some friends. Um, This is Dick King, and this is Beth Smith. Why don't you give it up for Dick and for Beth this morning? Uh, I have um, known uh, Dick King, uh, really kind of jumped in. Dick and Jackie jumped in when uh, we... You know, got here back in 2012 and have been uh, very involved in the life of our church since then in guest services and a variety of different areas. uh, In addition to that, and Beth, uh, she and her husband Jim uh, jumped in, I guess, a couple years ago when you guys uh, moved here and have been real involved in our student ministry. And today, we're going to be focusing on what it means to have community inside the walls of this church and what it means to serve within. Uh, within the church and inside the walls of the church as we continue in this series called Get in the Game. And so um, I just wanted you to hear from a a couple of uh, those folks who serve so faithfully in the life of our church. And so, Dick, tell me, man, we see you at the door every Sunday along with Jackie and at at guest services. Uh, Tell me a little bit about why you decided to serve there.
1: Well, first of all, Todd, I think you're asking me the wrong question.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Yes. I'm sure you do think that. Go ahead. <laughs> why sh-
1: the, the question is, why shouldn't I be mm, at the door?
0: There you go. That's
1: a good you one. Know, wow. you,
2: you, <laughs> you know, why shouldn't you serve?
1: You know, I believe in God. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I accept that Jesus is my Savior. And I believe everything that God has told us to do is good for our lives and is especially good for His church. Yeah. So when God says to serve and to do for others... He does it for a purpose, and I know God's purpose is for us to serve.
0: Mm. Now, m- maybe you know more importantly, um, what what makes you come back every week and and serve there? Because. Let's face it, there are some weeks it's hot outside and, right. you know, like one Sunday a year it's cold. And uh, yeah. so what, uh, you know, we got the light coming in and the heat coming in. And um, so tell me why you continue to, to do what you're doing. Dick. Well,
1: God in his infinite wisdom has set this day aside to be holy. God has set this side, uh, uh, this day aside for us to worship him. And in order for you to be able to lead us in worship to God, we have to serve. How many people does it take for us to, to, to do this
0: on a Sunday? Yeah, about 60 or, or t- 60 to 80 people uh, every Sunday. 60 to, to
1: 80 for us to do as God purposes us to do. Yeah. So it's important that if we uh, select to serve, as we all should, that we do so, you know, with perseverance.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. I love it. I love it. Beth, tell, tell us um, the area that you serve in and what you're involved in with our students, with our student ministry. Tell us a little bit about your area of service.
2: Yeah, so I started um, working with young people in my early 20s just last year, um, <laughs> mostly because I just... I think I was raised in a Christian family and, and just really saw the impact of Christ, following Christ at an early age. And and so I just really, when I came out of college and had been um, transformed by, by the Lord yet again, because we all know that sometimes our journey with the Lord is, um, it comes in stages. Mm-hmm. And so as I was walking through some of those stages and and, and just really growing in my, in my walk with the Lord, I just was like, you know, it's so critical at the younger age. Ages, And we hear this a lot, but it's so critical to really, to get, to grab a hold of Mm -hmm. um, the Lord when you're young. And Mm -hmm. and I just was asking the Lord, God, how can I be involved in in young people's life just to see moments of transformation? Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's Mm -hmm. really what I pray. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers. Growing up is tough. Hmm. Y'all remember how tough it was? (laughs) It is no joke. And it's like, you know, and and it's like, if I can just bring what I have to the table every week, Hmm. it just reminds me of the parable of the woman who brought the The widow's might. Mm. She brought what she had, and mm. so as I've been faithful over the years, just to bring my little tiny piece of what God has given me, mm. God is faithful, and I've just seen um, God really work and transform young lives.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been you've been doing this for a while, but when you when you and Jim moved here, you know what what really kind of prompted you to jump in, you know, here. I mean, you know, just beyond that large kind of. Uh, you know, uh, missional uh, thing. What what prompted you to get involved here?
2: Well, I just really saw um, one of the things that really drew me to this church was. I really saw an authenticity of of really Mm. focusing and pressing into the Holy Spirit and Mm. and into the Lord because I I believe that it's not just church that transforms us. It is the the active work of God on a daily basis and the Holy Spirit revealing himself to us. And I really saw that that was Mm. a focus for this church and I think, you know, and also just reaching out to our community. And that's why I really wanted to get involved because I just, I love what the leadership's vision is for this church. And I want to see that planted in the young people as well.
0: You know, I, I don't know if you realize, but study after study after study says and indicates that a, a person will make a decision for Christ or against Christ in their life uh, to the tune of about 90% of people make that decision one way or the other before the age of 18. Uh, that is, that, that just really, really highlights the the necessity for us to help both parents and our church and our volunteers um, to help set that course early, to help set it at that stage because it's so much more difficult. And and actually, the numbers continue to go up and up and up. And so um, what brings you back? Because as you said, it's not an easy age. Which then, no offense to any of our, our students who are in here, um, it isn't easy for the volunteer. So, what keeps you coming back? Um, you know, when you have those nights that may be a little bit more difficult yeah. on Sunday night or Wednesday night. So,
2: I, I think, um, I think number one is maybe a little bit of a selfish reason, uh, which I think is maybe okay every now and then. It, it's just fun. Like uh, it's good. I get to have fun. That's cool. In a way that that is different from you know hanging out with my adult girlfriends, which is also fun. But. <laughs> But the, the thing is, is that we really do have fun. We build relationships. And I, one of the things that really draws me back is just the, my own, I'm just absolutely convinced that as I do the will of the Father, that he will feed me as well. And again, this is not necessarily, this is not the selfish part. But I just, it's, it's so poignant what Jesus said, you know, when he was talking to the Samaritan woman and his disciples went and got food and they were like, man. You know, you're so tired, and why are you, you know, you, but you, yet you seem like you've had food. And the nights that I go to, to youth group that I'm tired and I'm worn out and I just want, want to stay home and sleep, <laughs> What I, I'm confident that God is just going to feed me as, yeah. I, if, as I step out in faith mm-hmm. to say, Lord, here I am, use me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I love the, group, the other group of volunteers that we have, which is also key yeah. to also just maintaining, you know, this is why I come back.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Dick, tell me from, from your perspective, because we're going to talk a little bit about today the necessity of serving inside the walls of the church, but tell, and, and the impact that that makes in the life of our church is massive, um, from, from you know, making coffee to serving out in the parking lot to working in our kids' ministry to students. But tell us, um, what have you gained uh, from it? What, what, what have you seen your life benefit and Jackie's life benefit from serving in guest services?
1: Well, as you sneak closer and closer to eternity, Mm. (laughs) you you start to look back. Mm. And you start to take an inventory of just what has your life been. Mm. And what are the milestones and markers in your life that come back to your memory? Mm. If you haven't done that, stop and do that. That really really is something special. Mm. And it's amazing how when we do that, how the things that we have done within the brotherhood of believers Mm. comes out as being the marked things in our life. Mm. There's a lot of things Mm. that come forward. But when I think about the times that my brothers and sisters in Christ and I have worked to serve somebody else Mm. in some sort of fashion, they leap out as the things in our memory. Now, how did that happen? Mm. What caused that? To be locked away in this brain that's forgetting a whole lot right now, you know. But what causes that to happen? Mm. And I and I just attribute that to the Holy Spirit working in my heart and mind, mm. and God doing His will in my life. Wow! I like to think about a, a there's a song. It's an old song. "Blessed be the ties." <laughs> Y'all remember <laughs> "Blessed be the ties." <laughs> "Blessed be the ties that bind." Our hearts in Christian love. Yeah. Hmm. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, the fellowship of kindred minds. Every one of you in here is my brother and sister. Hmm. You are my brother and sister in the family of God. Hmm. And God has told us to love one another, to build each other up, and hmm. to equip us to do hmm. his work. So we have that. We have that direction from God, not from Todd, but from God.
0: That's good. That's good. From
1: from his book. Did did he have an electronic? Yeah,
0: I'm sure he did. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he had an iPad for sure.
1: (laughs) He had an iPad for sure. But anyway, uh, and 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 you know, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Again, I go to eternity. That's good. Are we going to have a fellowship on earth that Mm -hmm. is like the fellowship we have? In heaven? Well, through service. Mm. That's one of the ways. That's what I remember when I go back and look at my life. It's those times when my kindred minds and those brothers and sisters in Christ work together Mm. to do His will.
0: Awesome. Legacy. 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 Spiritual legacy in eternity. (laughs) Man, that's the, that is the big picture, and that's the heart of what it should be, and it is. Um, and the benefits are, are far reaching. It's uh, you know, from fun, as Beth mentioned, to legacy, as Dick mentioned. Um, uh, you know, I just was disappointed you didn't sing the song. Man. Oh. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> hey. So I thought you were going to break out in song here. I'm I didn't just want kidding. You to I'm start just laughing.
1: kidding. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that basketball shot you
0: made. <laughs> wow, wow, that hurt. Let me tell you one <laughs> other
1: thing. Let me tell you one other thing. You never know when God is leading someone to come in that front door. You never know when God is leading a child to come, mm. you know, to a, yeah. to a Sunday night service or a Wednesday night service or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't ever want to stand in the way of where God is leading someone. Mm. Yeah. I always want to be out there greeting them, That's blessing them, and smiling and say, come in and praise God.
0: By the way, we already talked about, and I love that you mentioned that, because we already talked about the fact that uh, people will make a decision for Christ Uh, Most of us will make it before the age of 18, Um, but also, similarly, people studies show over and over again that people make a decision to to come back to a church um, within the first 15 minutes of them driving on campus. Do you realize that? So guest service is huge. That parking lot, for those of you who serve faithfully in the parking lot, it is huge, It's massive. In fact, you realize that if people make their decision based on the first 15 minutes of their experience, that doesn't include whoever is speaking, right? Guest services is as important, if not more important, than what I do on this stage. It plays a key role. And Dick, I am so thankful for you and Jackie. Beth, I'm so thankful for what you're doing in our student ministry. Why don't you give them. A round of applause today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's so important what, uh, what we do to serve within the walls of our church. And at a church, a community church, at a church like this, um, I often talk about and you often hear about uh, so much of the community effort that we want to make, the impact that we want to make in our community. And for sure, that's an important aspect of what we do. You're going to hear about that next week. And today, many of our partners are in backstage for you to come and meet uh, uh, in between services. And you know, some of you can stay after the next service. I want to encourage you to do that, uh, to meet some of those partners. But what I want to talk about today is what it means to have community within the uh, walls of, of this church. And what the Bible says about having community and serving with inside the walls of really any church. And I believe that both are necessary. I believe that both are necessary. I don't know if you've realized, but we're kind of building something here with Get in the Game. We began in week one by talking about some of those foundational disciplines that are necessary for us to grow in our faith walk. I want to encourage you to go back. You can listen. You can watch. Go back online, and you can check that out. Um, last week in week two, we talked about the importance of meeting together in a small community and a group of believers that meets together on a regular basis in, in small group or in, in a Bible study uh, where you're growing and sharing and encouraging and challenging each other. Because let's face it, on a Sunday morning, it's hard to really get to know people here in, you know, on a Sunday morning. Um, but today, what I want to talk about and what I want to focus on is what it means to serve and have community inside the walls of these church. Because as Dick mentioned and kind of surprised me with the question, um, but I knew the answer, between 60 and 80 people it takes to prepare for Sunday morning. That's no small task. That's not a small thing. It takes a lot of us to be able to do what we do here week in and week out. And believe it or not, I believe that, The church that was established in the first century has a lot to say about how we should operate today in this century and in our day and age. And so today, I want to encourage you to turn to, uh, we're going to be in Philippians. We're going to be in chapter two of uh, Paul's letter that he writes to the church in Philippi. And in many of Paul's letters, um, he wrote them from prison. This is one of the ones that he writes from prison. And, and he talks in the first part of Philippians about the fact that um, he's in prison and he's writing this letter. And he talks about some of those uh, painful things that he has gone through and some of the painful things that he knows that the church is going to go through. And certainly we know from history and we know from the Bible that they did go through some very agonizing things. Some very uh, difficult circumstances. There was a convergence, a confluence of of Rome and the pressure from Rome and what was going on with the Jewish leaders. And of course by 66 uh, AD things were, were not looking good at all. And he wants them to be ready, and so he writes this letter, and and he's talking about the suffering that that we undoubtedly are going to go through and that we're going to experience and that this church was going to experience. And essentially, he's driving at this idea or against the idea of seeking out comfort. And and he comes to the second chapter of, of Philippians and And I I want to read this today. We're going to read verses really just 1 through 8. We had 1 through 11, but I want to read just verses 1 through 8. So let's check this out. Let's take a look at what Paul says to the church in Philippi, and I believe what he's saying to us today. He says this, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, he says this, complete my joy by, he's saying complete my joy if there's any possibility of this, and then he gives the way, right? He says this, by being of the same mind, by having the same love, by being in full accord, that's not talking about the car that's parked out there in the back, Um, but he says being in full accord and of what? One mind. And of one mind do nothing. He goes on to explain how they're supposed to operate. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in, what is that next word? Humility. In humility, he says, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, already is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The very Son of God didn't count that as something to be grasped but made himself says here in uh, in uh, verse verse 6 or verse 7 but made himself but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and verse 8 and being for, found in human form he Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross now i think found in here is a recipe if you will uh, for what it means to operate inside the walls of the church. You can also apply this to operating outside the walls of the church, I realize. You can apply this in your marriage. You can apply this in your workplace. Students, you can apply this at school, but it particularly drives at the context of church, and I believe within the walls of the church, and what it means to operate with other Christians. I don't know if you, you realize this, um, But we Christians don't have a really good name in the world. We Christians um, have been marked by all kind of things that give us a bad name. The world looks at Christian, and they don't have a lot of good things to say in most cases. My pastor back in Atlanta used to say, when, when you say Christian, the, the world hears that and they know more about what we're against than what we're for. And I think that's very true. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where Christians have been more mean, more ugly, more divisive. In the world and I believe that we have the opportunity church in this community to undo some of those things but so much of undoing that has to do with how we treat ourselves we are notorious for shooting our wounded aren't we kicking people when they're down and I think what Paul gives here is a recipe, a prescription, if you will, for something that will unite us and bring us together. And the first thing is, is he talks about alignment. He talks about alignment. Alignment with the passion of Jesus, with the purpose of the church. And what that does is that prepares us to serve within inside the walls of the church when we have alignment between ourselves individually and the passion that Jesus showed and the purpose of of, of the church, um, then we're ready to serve each other. We're ready to serve within the walls of the church. He says in verses 1 and 2 here, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort and love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. How? How? By being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord. that I joked about the car there, but that word accord means agreement. By being in agreement. Well, what are we supposed to agree upon? I mean, you know, everybody has differences, different opinions, different thoughts, different backgrounds, different experiences. What is it that we're supposed to agree upon? I believe... As a church, we're supposed to agree upon the mission that Jesus gave us. I believe there's a thousand different ideas that we can have and opinions that we can have beyond that, but the one thing that unites us as Christians is the mission that he gave us. Check it out in Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Some of you know it. Some of you may have never read it before. It's all good. He says, Go therefore And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what unites us. That's, at the end of the day, when we disagree on a thousand things, that's the thing that brings us all under the authority of why God decided to redeem the world through Jesus in the first place, is this great mission to go and to make disciples. And we began this church back in 2007 and when we, when we uh, were spun off by Low Country Community Church, um, made an independent church in 2011, and when we moved here in 2012, we kept coming back to our mission, which is to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him. And I believe that mission accomplishes those two things, to both share and to lead people. To reach people for Christ, but also to teach them like Beth talked about with our students So alignment is so important, and alignment produces unity. Alignment produces unity. We can accomplish so much more when we are aligned under that mission, under what Jesus established the church for, than we can when we're a bunch of lone rangers trying to do things ourselves. And I've had times in my life where I've been a lone ranger. And you know what being a lone ranger is? It's lonely. It is not fun. It's not fun. It's a recipe for failure. Part of the recipe for success in serving each other is is alignment. It produces unity. The second thing is selflessness. You see, self-sacrifice paves the way for us to serve within the walls of the church in the same humble way that Jesus served. He talks over and over and over again. And I'll remind you that he's writing from prison. And he has suffered for the cause of Christ and he looks at the church and he, he goes, this particular church, and he says, I'm just concerned that you're too self-ambitious, that you're too self-focused, that you're focused too much on material things. And I want to encourage you, if you're going to be about the mission of Jesus, you've got to sacrifice yourself. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself in verse 3. He says, look, each of you, not to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Listen, we can very easily, as humans, just part of human nature, we can very easily just kind of gravitate to self-promotion, right? And Paul's trying to stomp that out. He's trying to say, don't think of yourselves first. Think of others first. Don't think of yourselves first. First, don't be about self promotion. Don't be about uh, focusing on what your wants are. Focus on the wants and the needs of others. And then he gives the example of Jesus who emptied himself and became a servant and died on the cross for our sins. And selflessness proceeds service. We can't serve each other. When our focus, when our attitude and our our mindset and everything that we want is focused on ourselves, we can't, we don't even have the possibility. We don't even get to the starting line. It's a little bit like the U.S. golf team at the Ryder Cup. We have a bad Friday, all right? If we focus on ourselves, we don't have a chance. And then the last thing is compassion. Is compassion. Embracing a genuine compassion for others propels us, it propels us to a commitment inside the walls of the church. He says, don't do anything in verse 3 from selfish ambition. And then the second part of that, if you have your Bible, you can underline it, is In humility, count others more significant or think of others more highly than yourself. He says, let each of you look not to his own interest, but he changes in both of those verses. He he changes it, he uses the word but, to begin to change the focus. Get your focus off yourself and then put it on others. Have compassion for others. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, he says. Don't use it as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. There's Paul again in a different book, in a different letter, explaining how the church, Christians, can easily, easily bite and backbite each other. And he says, focus on love. Now, why in the world, in the context of serving within the walls of the church, am I talking uh, about alignment and selflessness and compassion. Here's why. Um, I'm just going to be really blunt and honest with you this morning, and I'm going to risk letting the chips fall where they may. <laughs> when we as a church put um, an opportunity for you to serve outside the walls of, of our church, in most cases, um, you show up in great numbers with great fervor. And I can't tell you how excited I get as your pastor, because you love serving your community you can like pat yourselves on the back for serving your community all right and next week is going to be a message of encouragement um, but I have to tell you that if if we if there's a problem and then there's a challenge and there's a crisis I'm going to say that we are really really close to a crisis in serving within the walls of this church it's kind of like code orange right it's not quite code red, but it's almost there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, re- it's really close, but you know what? We're doing just well enough that it's not quite code red. And, and here's, here's a couple of, of examples that I just want to kind of lay on you. Um, Leslie Shaw does an amazing job. Um, she is our, our kids director. She, she is so organized. She is just passionate about your kids and our kids. She does an amazing job, but um, I I asked her a few weeks ago in preparing for this message, I said, hey, tell me what your absolute minimum ideal number of people that you need to serve our kids in our kids' ministry, in Island Kids, what's the minimum? I'm talking bare bones minimum, and she said 15, and I said, what's your average on Sunday? And she said seven. That ain't good, is it? That is not good at all. That's, that's a huge delta. That's a huge gap between what we, like, bare bones need and, and how many people we have. And I think it just highlights the fact that um, maybe we're focused so much on serving our community that we've forgotten parents that we need to serve within the walls of the church. We need to be about teaching our kids what God's word says and helping anchor them in this Formative age. I asked Justin, I said, how many um, is the ideal minimum? And he's brand new to our staff, so he came up with three different numbers on the ideal minimum. I'm just kidding, man. He, he gave me a number of about 25 to 30 that we need between Wednesday night um, with um, our, our ministry to middle school students, our, our service for middle school students called The Current, and Sunday night with our high school. We need a roughly 25 people, and on average, he has about 15 And if you were to take the other two main areas, our worship arts ministry and guest service area, and you were to do the numbers, it would be about the same ratio. Why do I mention all of this? I mention all of this because, church, if we aren't going to serve each other, I don't think God's going to bless our ability to serve the world. We can't choose one or the other, we have to do both. And I know, I know you're like, man, wow, I just got my hand slapped by my pastor. I came into church today wanting encouragement, and I kind of got a lecture. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's probably true. But I think we're close to a crisis, and I want to encourage you. And I love what Dick said. He said, don't do it for this guy. Please don't do it for me. Please don't do it because I'm asking and I'm pleading with you to serve within the walls of this church. Do it because it's part of your responsibility and my responsibility as a Christ follower to serve in alignment, in unity, with selflessness and humility and with a compassion for people. Let that drive you to finding out how you're shaped and how you can serve within the walls of this church, within the walls of this church on a Sunday morning. We need more people to help out. If you're a parent in here and you're not helping out in Island Kids and you have kids that are in Island Kids, I, I, I want to I challenge you to consider what it would take to serve just an hour, an hour a month or two hours a month in helping with Island, with Island Kids and helping out in our student ministry. And I realize that some of your parents are like, no, that's my kids' time. They don't want to see me. I interpret that as you don't want to see them, okay? I, I get what we're dealing with here. I get it. I, I, I understand. And I totally get that. But your church needs you. And I want to encourage you today to consider what it means to find your place and to get involved in the life of the church. Because I don't believe that God is going to take, if everybody showed up in the life of this church on one Sunday, we'd be, have between 750 and about 900 people uh, who call this place their home. That's about what the numbers are and our total number of people on average that are serving in our kids and student ministry is 40, yeah, we have a crisis. We have a problem. And I don't believe that God is going to bless our efforts as a church to serve outside the walls of our church unless we're serious about serving inside the walls of the church. The bottom line or the big idea today is that our success as a church in serving inside the walls of this church is dependent on each of us being committed to alignment, to selflessness, and to compassion. My question for you to think about today is, what specific part are you playing to regularly serve your church family here at Hilton Head Island Community Church? Find out what it means to get involved. Go online, take your SHAPE assessment. Get that get-in-the-game card that you received today. Sign up for an area. Right, we have an amazing team of staff members who want to follow up with you. And maybe, as Beth said, because you start serving, you'll have some fun. And maybe, as Dick said, certainly as Dick said, that you'll start serving. And you'll leave a legacy for the next generation. That's what it means to get in the game. That's what it means to change the tone of Christians always shooting their wounded, is getting involved and serving each other in that way. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to serve you by serving each other. And God, I love the fact that this church is so passionate about serving the community. God, I thank you for so many people who are so excited about rolling up their sleeves, getting their hands dirty, and serving the people of our community. But God, I pray that you would challenge us and that you would lead us. And God, that you would prompt us to find the place that we can serve not just outside the walls of this church, but inside the walls of the church. And God, I pray for everyone who's a part of this church family here, God, I pray that you would right now just encourage them and challenge them to to find out where they can serve. For those who haven't taken their shape assessment, God, I pray that you would allow them to do that, to walk through that process and to find out how they're best shaped to serve. And to get involved. God, I thank you so much for the ones who already faithfully serve. The ones in Island Kids and the, uh, our, our, our folks who serve in our student ministries on Sunday and Wednesday. God, for those who come in early and make coffee and they're out in the parking lot preventing people from getting in wrecks. God, I thank you for those who serve here on this stage and behind the scenes in production. God, I thank you for those who serve in um, the area of security and God, medicine and ensuring if there's an emergency here that we're well taken care of. God, I thank you for those. But, God, I pray for more. I pray that you would speak to us right now, that your Holy Spirit would help us, God, to understand what it means to serve with alignment, with selflessness, and with compassion. God, may we do it in this context, within the walls of this church. And then, God, may you bless our efforts, and may we go out and serve this community like we've never seen before. God, bless our efforts. Speak to us right now, Holy
2: Spirit, in Jesus' name I pray.